0: Everybody, welcome to a very, very special edition indeed of Wrestling with the Future. I'm your host Angelo DeCipio, joined by the Happy Haberdasher, Dan, the man Sebastiano. Danny, how you doing, bud?
1: That's a great day, Angelo. Look at this. Look at this panel. How can we? How can I not? Be? I'm
0: telling you what. You know what? And you're here too. How about that shit? <laughs> it's it's going to be a stellar evening, indeed. It already is. It's amazing. Uh, I have to tell you, this is going to be. Something different for us. This is, we're calling this our MMA UFC Super Show. And we've got not one, not two, but three competitors. Two have already uh, made their mark, and one who says, Move over, kids. It's my turn now. <laughs> so we got the two boys and a girl, and she says, There's a the new chick in town. <laughs> so we're going to okay. introduce everybody. We've got for the record, we've got uh, Stefan Bonner, who is a UFC Hall of Famer. He came to prominence in a really striking way. Stefan Bonner is a pro wrestler. He's a mixed martial artist. He came to fame as a runner-up in UFC's trial by fire called The Ultimate Fighter. His hair-trigger ultimate finale loss to Forrest Griffin is still today considered the most important fight in UFC history. Dubbed the American Psycho and proficient as an expert in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, he has never lost a fight, not one fight by submission. Stephan Bonner is my guest. Stefan, how are you, brother? Welcome to the show.
2: Doing all right. Doing all and I've right. got
0: the, because you, uh before we went on the air, you met our lovely friend Katie Lee. Katie, uh, for those of you who are joining as a returning guest, Katie is a uh, North American Jiu Jitsu champion. She is a two-tier athlete in track and field, and she is a national and international level competitive female bodybuilder. Correct. And uh, she is here at her request. And how do you say no to, you know, to a woman who could beat you up? So, <laughs> welcome back, Katie.
3: Right. Thank you for having me back. It's a You're pleasure and honor to be quite here with
0: us. Welcome. So Dan, I know this is a show you were looking forward to. You got your yes, guy sir. here, Stephen Bonner. I'm gonna let you have right at it. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm I'm
1: curious. Um, obviously, you know, your your pedigree is phenomenal. I, I'm curious the 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 story behind the nickname Robocop.
2: Oh boy, that was a good old uh, Carlson Gracie. Carlson Senior gave that to me. Where'd you go? There we are. Oh, hello. Here you are. are. Uh, back when I uh, first started, uh, well, you no, know, actually, I was thinking blue belt. Then it was '02 when Carlson Senior moved up, and I was his MMA team. I was like the only guy who had any MMA fights. I just done my first two fights. And senior moved up, and uh, and you know, I had a big chest, um, uh, from a lot of weightlift in my youth, and it stuck out of my gear And that's where he it reminded him of the movie, <laughs> and that's what made him uh,
1: call me that. Yeah, funny that you brought that one up. I, I, well, I it's it, it pops up from time to time, you know, uh, the aka or or fighting names or whatever, and I've never seen or heard the story that that's crazy.
2: <laughs> That's
0: it, right there. The old senior. In Robocop! <laughs> 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 <up> <laughs> <Yep>. Stefan, <laughs> one of the things we like to do on this show is a little different than a lot of other sports shows. We like to talk about the human element. You know, we're a, a wrestling uh, and, and combat sports oriented show. But surprisingly, we do very little talking about actual fights. We do a lot of talking about people. Um, I'm real interested uh, in how you how you came to the uh, the fight game. Were you a fan of? I know you're a, a, clearly a wrestling fan, but what drew you into this thing called uh, mixed martial arts?
2: Um, honestly, my my lifelong goal was to become a big bad ninja. Uh, I had two older brothers that were pretty much better than everything at me. Uh, Then me, you know, um, and on top of that, they were able to beat me up. So I thought, you know, you can have your baseball and your football, but if I could kick your ass someday, that'll make everything all right. So I set out as a little kid to learn all the martial arts and become a big bad ninja. And, uh, you know, I did that, um, you know, Taekwondo and peewee wrestling. Um, You know, when you're a little kid, that's all I had. Mm -hmm. I had to go couple towns in each direction to the those of the youth and there was no mma there was no boxing gyms or some muay thai and uh it wasn't until high school and i grew up in the 80s and you know hulk hogan ultimate warrior and i wanted to be a pro wrestler and uh you know i kept going and doing my wrestling my taekwondo and then high school in the 90s the ufc came out and i totally just fell in love with that and um i never thought i'd actually do it i just wanted to you know, keep learning the martial arts and know everything. And um one thing led to another and end ended up turning into a job. Um,
0: I'm telling you what, and one what hell of a job it is. I got to ask you, you know, you and I uh, were introduced to our mutual friend, uh, Matt Granahan. How did you hook up with the Granimal? Oh, boy. How did I hook up? With- <laughs> I figured there was an old boy coming, right? <laughs> I met him through the
2: the n y b a b y the New York baby Phil baroni uh, my former tag team partner introduced me to him actually so and Phil baroni's like a jealous girl uh, as soon as granahan got me a wrestling gig, he got all butt hurt and jealous and playing like a little and, and yes, yeah. so now me and baroni are broken up, up. baroni's like a girl you break breakup. In well, Miami. i got to tell you,
0: we had <laughs> Phil Barone booked for the show. And conveniently, he bowed out at the last minute. In fact, he, re- he didn't answer his phone.
2: Not the most reliable guy. Well, uh, never. The message
0: is already on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm gonna, I want to let Katie Lee have at it. Katie, you've been chomping at this for a few days now.
3: Yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> <Little> kid.
0: So <laughs> yours.
3: Uh, you're talking about how I got into the martial art realm from, I guess, bodybuilding. <laughs> is that what it, is that what you're asking? How I transitioned over?
0: No, I want I'm, I want you to talk to Stefan.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I thought
0: you were asking. Ask questions.
3: <laughs> I mean, where do I start? I mean, I, I know how sports, you transitioned
0: yes. over. I want you to. You got your guy here. Go ahead. yeah
3: I mean I guess I could just get advice at this point you know like how you get to that high level um I've gotten pretty far in bodybuilding in a pretty short time uh so I definitely know how to put in the work but if there's any type of you know secrets advice just something that can kind of catapult into that you know mixed martial art realm I'm training at MMA court so I have a home gym here that's definitely holding it down for me so just advice you know from the greats it's
0: well, you know, Stefan. You know, uh, Katie brings up a good point. She brings up a good point. There used to be a time where uh, training schools were plentiful, and there were a number of people who had the time put in and experience that could that could work with you and bring you along. Now it's everybody who's got a few dollars that can open up a door somewhere has a training school. Mm-hmm. How do you separate the weak from the chaff over here and, uh, you know, and, and know that you're headed uh, in the right direction? I mean, it's like in pro wrestling. There, there, there are, I mean, Dan, how many thousands of, of wrestling schools? Oh, yeah. And how many are any good? Yeah, I guess that, that's really what we're getting at is, you know, how do you know? Like to The beauty sport, of MMA is, um,
2: unlike wrestling, if you win fights, you know it doesn't matter if people like you or not, or you know if you're good and you win, you're you're gonna advance. So my most important thing to find good train partners that aren't gonna hurt you. Um, I probably left a couple good years in the gym because we really didn't know how to train. I just go around and train with everyone, and people would try to kill you. And it wasn't until at the end of my career, I got a little smarter about who I train with. Um, yeah. so definitely with people who aren't trying to kill you and hurt you and it could save you a lot of surgery injuries and from leaving some valuable years in the gym but other than that you know as long as you go in those fights healthy and well as healthy as possible but to your absolute best that's all i ever did was um you know just to say god don't help me win just god just help me do my best in there you know and that's all yeah. i Wanted to do and, and as long as I did that I never really felt bad about losing You know most of my losses yeah. uh, It ended um, up with my hands With a smile anyway so um, well, I you did know, my it's best
0: interesting. You said Right along those lines One of the things you heard me say at the beginning of the show Right at the top in fact Was you've never Lost a fight to submission That's pretty remarkable bro I mean that's, that's really Remarkable
2: I mean, have been hit a lot, but the only shot I've ever acknowledged was that one from Anderson. Uh, it was right to the solar plex. There's Not much you can do yeah. about that. Guy knees like a mule. The funny thing was he was punching me, and his punches aren't too hard. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm going to go the distance. And right when I got all excited and thought, like, yeah. you know, wasn't going to stop me, the fight was over. So. <laughs> Damn. But, uh, it's
0: like Good, man.
1: Well, all the joy, I guess. You know? the, well, then then let, let me ask you that you talk about, um, you know, you, you mentioned, obviously, you know, you, you do have the occasional loss. Your, your first one was to Lyoto Machida and he really revolutionized bringing karate, straight karate into what became mixed martial arts for for to kind of expand on Katie's question. <clears throat> yeah, there's their styles are constantly evolving how do you go about if you're breaking into the business you're trying to to, to start from the ground up to train for really what what uh, a style that's not going to exist when you by the time you have your first fight
2: yeah see those are anomalies those are really really hard um, like machida i i was training a lot then i just won a go- um, golden love style in chicago and um you know i was confident i was winning fights and After I fought him, I was like, man, either I was wrong about where I'm at or that guy was really freaking good, you know? And um, sure enough, I go back home and, you know, oh, Bonner lost, so it's terrible. And, you know, you feel bad and, and kind of dejected. You go to your school as a loser, and you know? Uh, Then his very next fight, he fought Rich Franklin and knocked him out nasty. I said, see, you know, (laughs) and then he went on to win the title. And it was kind of like the John Jones thing after that fight, doing interviews about how bad and how I lost to this rookie. And then uh, I remember doing interviews, defending myself, saying, hey, you know what? You're going to see that guy's pretty good. Like, yeah, I may have lost the 29-28 decision and he is young. In grain, but that dude has a fucking crazy frame for 205 and an insane amount of athleticism. And sure enough, he did. So um, those are the two guys that I really felt like that though. Um, you know, I've been there with some good guys, but with uh Machida and with John Jones, it was like, wow, like these guys are really talented. Uh, Anderson Silva kind of lulled me to sleep and tricked me into thinking. This wasn't going to be too bad, and then the fight was over. So it's like he kind of deceived me, whereas McKeon Jones, it was kind of like, wow, like, wow I, could, I saw their potential in there.
0: You talk about uh, the size of a guy's frame, 205 in a solid frame. Here's a question for you. We have a, a woman here that's obviously clearly a professional bodybuilder. In the octagon, does that muscle go against you? Or does it work for you? Does it work with you? It's all
2: cardio to back it up. You know, if you could go hard for those five-minute rounds, uh, that's it. I notice uh, athletes who are really fast twitch and explosive, like your V-tours or your Yoel Romeros, they do better when they fight in different gears. If they kind of have a moderate kind of pace gear, and then the super fast but when they try to go super fast and hit you with everything all the time um with that body type um, um i notice they fatigue and tend to fade later so um, yeah. you see that uh, i wasn't i was more of a slow twitch guy I ran cross country so uh, i always had trouble with the explosive vertical jump and those kind of things uh but i noticed with guys who are kind of more talented in that um fast twitch explosive area they they do better if they kind of conserve yeah. some of that different speeds. Where my style is, I kind of go 100 percent because it's like I'm not okay. as
0: well. You not, know, it's it's balls to the walls or go big or go home. You know, in in a lot of cases. Uh, well, you
2: got with what you got, and if you got some more of those type two fibers that don't require a lot of oxygen, then yeah, you, you got you got to be well, smart. and that's
0: a real good point too. Uh, I've been following this for a long time. One of the first people that drew me to the sport was Ken Shamrock, who uh, later in life I got to know, and I'm proud to say I know him now. He's he's a friend. And uh, and Kenny was always solid. He was always, you know, very muscle-dense. And that worked against him initially until he learned to work his cardio. But he lost a lot of fights, not because he just lost, because he... You know, like we say in wrestling, yeah, blown up. You know, you you start sucking air, you know, three or four minutes into your fight, you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. And then on the other hand, you got guys, you know, Steph, and you got guys like Chuck Liddell, you know, who doesn't look imposing until he starts cracking you. (laughs) And then, then you have a whole nother level of respect for the guy. But go ahead, Dan. Pick up on that.
1: Well, now that that's a fair point. I know that was actually the uh, first interview after uh, UFC one. Uh, Kench. They asked Ken Shamrock. had won the first fight in the tournament, and they yeah. asked him about how it felt compared to like Pancrase and the other places. And he said it was easy because these, you know, that was back when half your roster was just, you know, the the mullet looked like guys you pick up at a biker bar on the way on the way to the arena, you know. And, and he's like, these guys don't know submissions. They don't know. The, the ground and then he got in the ring with or gotten the, the kick, you know, with uh boys Gracie and got choked out and it was like, Oh shit. Okay. So like you said, you know um, I guess to, to expand on that, then you talk points. Is there, uh, because there's been some high profile cases of people changing weight classes, being very successful, maybe oh, not yeah. so much. Is there, is there a, a, a advice you would give to somebody who's maybe right on the edge of a weight class to, to jump up or down, to, if, to, for that that kind of training?
0: Good question. Good question. Um,
2: from what I've seen is um, usually when people drop down that first time fighting at the new weight, that's when you want to fight them. That's when they're going to have the roughest time, the roughest time making weight, and their best chance of being beat. And a lot of people don't realize, too, your brain's suspended in water. You cut too much, and you see that guy's – it to dropped too much weight, and um, you saw that with T.J. Dillashaw. When he oh, got knocked with yeah. your brain suspended in uh-huh. water, you can't take a punch as well when you cut too much weight. And a lot of guys don't realize that, too. They figure, oh, I can go down, I can make the weight, but they don't realize, yeah, I can't yeah. take a punch the way I did when I was a little bit heavier. Um, and then they find that out in there the hard way, and I've seen that happen just
1: tons of times, too many times That's to count. Something you don't think about right there.
0: Well, yep. I tell you what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about something that I've been thinking about for a long fucking time. Uh, this match that you had, this incredibly arduous fight with Forrest Griffin, I gotta go back in time, okay? Because I got a couple of issues here. First <laughs> uh-huh. of all, I think he got robbed, okay? First, I think he got robbed. That's my my personal. No, don't shake your head, Dan I'm telling you That was Bonner's fight It was his to take home He got screwed, okay I don't care if the, I don't know if the ref was in on it Somebody <laughs> got paid off hey, it all, hey,
2: yeah, your, your, your inner, your inner booker is showing, book Angelo
0: It was, was in hand, trust me Some, let, No, let's, seriously though Let's talk about that That was a hell of a fight That fight In many ways even now, affects the way UFC fights are regarded. That was such an intensely crazy, I don't want to say professional, but it was a respectful fight. You guys knew at any given moment, one of you were going to win, one, one was going to lose. When you're in a, in a fight for your life and the stakes are that high, do you take anything, even as minuscule and minute as you may think it, do you take anything for granted?
2: Well, um, looking back on that fight, um, like I had to lose for the story to play out and have the feel-good ending that it had. I know that now. Had I gotten the decision, we all know now, we didn't know then, Forrest does not take losses too well. And (laughs) a little bitter, might have ran out of the room cage crying and it would have left a terrible taste in people's mouths yeah and it wouldn't have done what it had done for the sport so really like in order for the, the happy moment that had to be a gracious loser and there had to be a feel-good ending and that needed to happen that night to really put the sport over um and that's what happened and looking back and knowing that now it's like geez like Yeah, sure, it would have been nice to
0: win and be the winner. I'll tell you what, Stefan, the feel-good
2: might have happened and the way it would have turned people off, I am, thank God I didn't win that night.
0: You know, in retrospect, you're absolutely right. But I'll tell you what, the feel-good moment for me as a spectator and fan of the sport was when both of you guys were awarded contracts. That, to me, that was it. That was justice, that was fair. That was fair, for real.
2: Yeah, and it was easy to do because I was smiling, hugging him, lifting up his hand. If they ever had to go, hey, Forrest, come back in the ring and accept your contract too. It, you know, that just it wouldn't have worked.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: That's fair. Tito. Forrest, come back. You won the split decision. You <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. won. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Let's talk about that first Ultimate Fighter season, um, the UFC took a chance. They didn't know what they had, and they really didn't probably for the first couple seasons. They really didn't realize what they had, but out of that came names like Rashad Evans, Evan Tanner, Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner. I mean, the, the list goes on some of the the most incredible fighters in UFC history came out of that first three or four seasons. I mean, remarkably, you know, and, and you had real drama. I mean, when you see people like Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock, each coaching a team and realize they got straight up legit heat with each other, that raises the stakes not only for the two coaches, but for the two teams for each individual guy on these teams, how did that affect you in season one being with a coach that you really, you know, had to become familiar with as time went on, how did that work for you?
2: It was weird. Um, uh, for some reason, I, I, I fully believe from the bottom of my heart that this would just be a revolutionary show and it would be a huge success, but um, no one else really did. Even the crew, a lot of people, the crew never thought the show would see the light of day. Um, A lot of it because it was unorganized in terms of they didn't know what they could do and what they couldn't. So they kept changing from day to day. That's why, Dina's. Do you want to be a f and fighter? Speech happened because they were like, "Well, we can't fight because if we do have fights, we got to report it to the athletic commission. So we're just going to eliminate you through challenges, so you don't got to worry about making weight." Okay, great. We all go and eat. The next day, they're like, "Oh, we can't have fights. You're going to be exhibitions. That way, we don't have to tell the athletic commission." So they were just shooting from the hip, trying to figure it out as they went along, and (laughs) they didn't think they were going to be able to fight, and then they had to pull strings to get that done. so there was a, a lot of doubts about the show, if it even would air, if it would be a success or that. But I don't know. Um, for some reason, I just, like, uh, had this feeling that it it, it would be. And uh, looking back on it, it was, I don't know, if I was just lucky to be thinking that way and got lucky or if I knew some intuition. But uh Looking back on a lot of what the people on the show were saying, um no one no one else really believed in it. And even the fertitas and that, I remember um, yeah
0: yeah
2: was it. I remember Dana like was really worried, uh even the night I fought Forrest, he was really sweating and nervous and like thought that was gonna be it, you know, because he was like, Frank and Lorenzo are done. There's sixty million in the hole and they're they're done with this. They're, yeah, this is it. And there were no other like no other talks of season two, three, and four um, until that fight. So, yeah, no one really knew much. It was a lot of question marks, a lot yeah. of um, uh, stones that were unturned. And really, it's funny. You never know what's going to work. But I remember there was another show at the time called The Contender about boxing, and I actually tried out for that show. Yeah. And hosted by Stallone and Sugar Ray mm. and a lot of money put into it by NBC. Oh God, it was yeah. a total... Because they kind of tried to force the issue of the families and what these guys are fighting for, whereas in the U- UFC show, they just kind of set the cameras up and stepped back and said,
0: uh-oh, like, fuck. Oh, yeah. You know what the problem was, Stefan? The, the it problem with
2: natural. natural, and that's why people... Yeah, that, exactly.
0: Of, the, 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 the problem... The problem with The Contender, and I thought it had a shot the first one or two episodes, but when I realized that it was totally inorganic, I realized this this thing's going to take a shit. That show is going to take a shit big time. But I think you're absolutely on to something when you, you talk about the organic growth, the natural development of The Ultimate Fighter. Now, Katie Lee, I know that you were a fan from day one. So here's your opportunity to talk to one of the best in the business. Go for it. Ask away. Ask away. You know. ask
3: away. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of an age difference, I think, here. So I might be a little out of like the generation. But I do remember your fight with Forrest Griffin, for sure. Um, and that's probably what sparked my interest in the very beginning. But then I found bodybuilding, and it's like you can't do both. You know what I'm saying? Bodybuilding, all or nothing. You can't like do MMA well, and bodybuilding. Katie, can I interrupt so, you
0: for a second, just for half yeah. a second? Because I'm I'm so unaccustomed to doing this. Dan, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Katie. I've seen your jujitsu, and you're really good. You're really good, and I've okay. seen you working out with your trainer. And and I think I would really love for Stefan to see some of your stuff. I really would. And I'm, I'm not just putting you over, because he's here, because you really are good. Stefan, you got to see her work. She's really, she's good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Ask away. No, it's okay.
3: Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can't do both, obviously, bodybuilding and MMA. So now that I've kind of gotten into the MMA side, I'll be 34 in like two weeks. So I don't even know if that's like too old to even really pursue this or if it's kind of just like okay you've had your bodybuilding run you got you know your pro card all that fun stuff like is it too late for me to start like is it even worth it but yeah, a lot of it's
2: you know. mileage you know okay. so there's some like the Randy Coutures or Maurice Smith's of the world who never had a serious injury or broke a bone and then uh, there's me. I've had like ten surgeries, broken twenty bones. Just a lot of mileage, a lot of wear and yeah. tear. Okay. Uh, same yeah. with a lot of shots of them too. I, I mean, sounds like you're at 34 with relatively mo- low mileage. Your brain hasn't taken an awful lot of trauma. and right. You haven't had a lot right. of surgery and wear and tear on your joints. Uh, exactly. So that's a uh, low mileage 34. Um, yeah, I- I'd say. If you feel good um, in your low mileage, then, yeah, run with it. Run with it yeah. until you – I was feeling in there, like, oh, my God. Like, I like, can't get out of the way the way I used to from getting hit. I'm not yeah. as strong. Like, I could feel my speed go. I wasn't too fast to begin with. So I could feel the deterioration come in. Right, um, right. So as long as you're not that, and I can feel the brain, too. I took a little too much damage there. So once I got around right. 40, it was time to shut things yeah. down. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think I'll just keep going. I mean, bodybuilding, you take some damage just from the heavy weight over all these Mm -hmm. years. And I definitely like lifted to the max, you know, so some lower back stuff and just normal joint pain, you know, from lifting and going Mm -hmm. so heavy for so long. But now that you mentioned the muscle thing, it's like, I don't know, do you really want to lose some muscle mass to make yourself, you know, a little more, I guess,
0: faster? Well, that, you know, that's a good point. that's a really good point. Stefan does is, is that a potential risk factor that if, if Katie gets into this uh, MMA full swing, that she's going to uh, reduce uh, you know, her muscle mass size?
2: You know, your body will adjust, though. In order to make it and push through five-minute rounds hard, your body will tell you, like, hey, I need to get rid of some muscle. And your body's really smart, and it's an adaptive unit. I swear, like, my I've been fighting and making 205 for so long, I really wouldn't even do too much. My the, my body would just get down close enough to the weight by fight day where, um, you know, the week of the fight, I I'd, I'd just cut the water. But other than that, oh, yeah. I didn't really miss a meal on diet. Um, Right. But your body uh, well, is smart. Your body. That's jabbed.
0: a good you... point. That's a yeah. real good point, Stefan. If you'll look behind me, Stefan, there's a photo of you. I chose that photo specifically. I chose that photo specifically. You're shredded in that <laughs> picture. Uh, you're, you're doing one of those. You're doing a Katie Lee deal. Yeah, it looks, like, <laughs> but, it looks like an
3: abs and thighs pose. Yeah,
0: let me just, <laughs> I'll step to the side here for a second. Uh, there's the photo. Uh, that photo is interesting because that was, that's a weigh-in photo. Tell me what's happening there. And, and did Do you, you
2: remember have... The movie where he's um, with the hookers, but he's looking in the mirror and flaxing. That's the pose. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I heard a little bit more about yeah. it, that photo. I
2: cut it out, 20 pounds of water, and um, that's as ripped as you're going to look, you know? You're and never going to look
0: move like, this
2: you as an MMA fighter than that when you just sweat out all your weight and step on that scale. So
0: yeah. And if we move this way, we can see our friend Pat Militick and Katie Lee there. Um, I wanted to ask you, I asked you specifically about that photo because it took place at a weigh-in, and they tell me that you had a bit of an issue making weight for that weigh-in. What what were the issues leading up to that weigh-in? What happened?
2: No, I never had issues making weight. Never. Oh, okay. I mean, I was tough. I had to really dehydrate myself. So I felt like I was gonna pass out. You know, okay. but uh, it was. You know, just cut. It's like uh, I I I cut about twenty pounds in a day. So it's Jesus. your light headed, your dizzy, or hard easy. exactly.
0: That yeah. yeah. Dan the man, you you have to you have to explore this. You and I talked about this, Dan. Uh We're both fans, of course, uh, of the initial Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we talked about, Dan, was how these guys had to cut such drastic weight in such a short period of time. I want you and Stefan to have that conversation.
1: Well, what you just said right there, 20, you know, 28 pounds in a day. I mean, that's for, for people that, that that's crazy. would go, would go on a diet or exercise. Um, I mean, obviously you've got an MMA hall of famer and a body form bodybuilder, you know, two extreme. Uh, you know, bo- both both yeah. store with their extreme stories of cutting water. I mean, I. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess my question is, for 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 the layman at home, somebody who goes on a diet and runs on the treadmill and does a typical, you know, maybe loses a, a pound or two a month. How do you lose twenty eight pounds in a day?
0: And keep your sanity.
1: Right. I mean, I know you, you, you said it, it, it clearly affects the brain, but, like, yeah. what, what what's the oh, yeah, process from, from wake up to weigh in to loo- to sh- shave that much weight that quickly?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it varies, but, um, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, like, the the older I got, kind of the harder it got, whereas, like, my Cheeto fight, it, it didn't come off as easy, and I had to get, like, like, I got 19 off in eight hours. It's like a record. But, uh, yeah, really. It's, it's Will. It's your mind. It's saying, hey, if I don't make the weight, I'm either not going to fight or I'm going to get this jerk off 20% of my purse. So, like, y- you got to. Like, not making it isn't an option. So, um, Wait, you get it done. Uh, but,
1: uh, I'm sorry. Um, not, you just, you um, just, just
2: said, said they- water. So, you got to. Come close to killing yourself is a secret. There's Albaline, there's sauna suits, there's different things you could do. I mean, I did everything and like I still wasn't coming off. So up until um you had to go to the arena and report and all that, up until the time they called my name out, I was in the back running bleachers with plastics on it I was stolen. Oh. So but that was it. I've never sure. missed late. Even once where I had to come back and weigh again, you know, like I've always made way at every single fight. of my career. That's much
0: Katie. You're shaking your head in the affirmative. Like you've been yeah. through this.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't say in 28 days, we do a little more gradual, um, cut, you know, typically 16 weeks as, as a prep, depending on how you know fat you come in from your off season. Um, but yeah, the whole cutting water, I, it's really miserable. And I mean, they do it, I think even, Further than we do it because again We do it in two three nights you know maybe A week out we'll start cutting water cutting back Cutting back but that 24 hour frame and even like The day of the show it's like Like you said your brain does not work Like you know you
0: said Something very important just Now it ties into what Stefan said a moment ago And and It's kind of a, a dichotomy Between the two Worlds that you come from Stefan and other MMA fighters will they will cut weight up until the moment of a fight sometimes. In bodybuilding I've seen male and female bodybuilders do this. They will grab handfuls of junk food. Oh yeah. And and just like carb load like fucking yeah, I, crazy. What's the idea what what's the the sense behind that? What does that do?
3: I never took that approach. My coaches did not have me carb up with like really bad food. If anything, it was yeah. like a steak and potato or maybe a burger and fries, but it's not loaded with bacon and cheese and stuff. It's just everything that you need, which is protein and carbs. So I, I never well, what's really... Well, the I mean, I,
0: behind it? Why did they do that?
3: They, well, because they have no water in their system. So in order to pop the muscle to the surface of the skin, you're going gotcha. to need to the muscle with glycogen carbs is what does it so that's why we try to that's what we want to do is basically take all the water from the surface of the skin and pop the muscle through the skin as much as possible and you do that by having your muscle bellies full and you do that by carving up and having no water is that
0: where that (laughs) that veiny look comes from that vascular look
3: yes yes and no i mean everybody's programming is a little different. Unfortunately, in bodybuilding, we talked about this. Um, some people are doing certain supplements that other people may not be doing. Yeah. So the vascularity could be a lot stronger on one individual than the other, depending yeah. on you know, their protocol and what they're following. But I mean, I just was, I had old school coaches, you know, she, she's a two time Olympic medal holder. Like she just took the very subtle, slow and steady approach versus trying, because I'm not having those foods for 16 weeks. So what if you throw that back into my diet the day before a show, how's my body going to react? I could hold on yeah. to water. It could spill over. I have that happen in a show where you completely spill over. You have a very small window to capitalize on that, you know, peak yeah. of the show. So if you spill over, you look like a water buffalo and you might as well just, you know, smile and wave and yeah. keep walking off the stage, you know? So that's just my approach. We just took it slow and steady. And if you're in shape, you don't have to cut drastically. That's the whole point. You want to be in shape the day of the show. You don't have to do this drastic, you know, take a diuretics like nonstop, you know, just it's not necessary. You should be in shape before that.
0: Stefan, let's talk yeah. about today's game, today's MMA. It's a very different looking sport than it was 15, 20 years ago. What's missing from the game today? What, 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 what is essentially missing? I mean the, the sports evolved
2: a lot. I mean it's we've had MMA gyms pop up all over the world actually since 2005 and the access to high quality training is even when I was on the Ultimate Fighter in '05, like I was driving around from Chicago to West Indiana to Miguel Sordes's school to Milwaukee Wisconsin to Duke Rufus like now you could just go in one gym and get it all so I think yeah. overall, guys got, got it a lot easier in terms of finding um, the uh, good technique and quality coaches and, tra- and training partners because, like, jiu-jitsu was a big secret back when I started. Like, people didn't know it. Um, but the main um, hole I see in people's games now, I feel like everyone's been pretty athletic and got pretty strong hips and could defend takedowns well and get back to their feet well and throw hard punches. But the main holes I see aren't just the subtleties of the technique of the jujitsu on the ground. Because you can be sloppy and sweat and be explosive and get yeah. out of bad position. Or hold off for the round to the end where you don't have a key on. So you can be a little sloppier and get away with some holes on the ground where, like, you know, uh, that. In a nutshell, the, the biggest weaknesses I see in people's games are that everyone has strong hips, everyone's good at throwing hard punches and sprawling brawling teams. Um,
0: Stefan, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Dan and I talked about this the other night. Where the hell did Bruce Buffer come up with it's time?
4: <laughs>
0: take you got it. Man. Go ahead, take it. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: No, that was we, we we were we got into uh, hypes and announcing. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a huge fan of the fights and the moments. But its time has got to be the worst catchphrase intro to a fight. I've compared to some of the famous announcers from Re- Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Uh, you know the, the 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 crowds. He you know the, some of the, the crowd calls. I was just curious if, if where, where that came from. If that was something tied to the sport or not, but. He couldn't
0: steal his brother's cash so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> let, let, let let me ask you, kind of circle back a, a point you had made. You were talking about with the gyms uh, popping up in the in the seventies and eighties, as as contact uh, what what would become contact karate and contact martial arts started really becoming popular. You had a trend they called the the Mick Dojo. These yeah. these hacks that you know with either fake credentials or guys get, get a black belt in a year and a half is, is there, is there to kind of circle back to the original question about how you can find the good crew versus the good gyms and all, is there a trend like that? Is that something that someone like Katie would have to look out for where you might have somebody with cred credentials or a history that's you, you have frauds out there basically that, that see the money in running a a martial arts gym and just go with it even though they're not qualified to train people at all?
0: Well, Dan, it's a lot like the wrestling schools. You know, I'm sure Stefan can speak on that.
2: Yeah, well, um, the thing about martial arts and fighting is uh, um, there's less of those schools nowadays because um, people have to back it up. Like, I did a a little thing back in Chicago with George Dillman who taught the no-touch knockout, which was a total fraud. And, um, yeah, and he had a host. Remember school. that? Remember oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that was Dang. the beauty about the sport of MMA kind of evolving coming out. You kind of I think a lot of those schools have fallen off, like a lot of those old uh McDojo type schools, uh, because people know what works now and what doesn't. Like when the UFC came out, I was so excited, like finally there's some proof onto what works because, like, I knew from, just from being in. Fights and scrapping, and that that wrestling had some place, you know, because I did wrestling and taekwondo. I didn't know boxing was nearly as an effective a martial art as it was until the UFC proved it to me, and I started training it. So, um, yeah, I think the the explosion of MMA kind of did us a huge favor by putting down some of those arguments and putting to sleep some of those good bullshit martial arts. That, you know, um, had schools that that did well, that people supported themselves, teaching crap. Mm -hmm.
0: uh, Stefan, when Matt was here with me last week, we had an interesting conversation about uh, why pride fighting and Bushido didn't make it here in the U.S. Um, He had an interesting theory. He said uh, he said the U.S. market wasn't ready for that level of entertainment and fight mix. But yet, we've we've had professional wrestling for years and years, and nobody seemed to have a problem with that. Why, in your opinion, did Pride and Bushido not make it here?
2: Because the UFC bought them and squashed them. Remember, UFC and Pride were kind of neck and neck. Even when I was on the Ultimate Fighter, guys still had options. It's like, all right, well, you know, I got cut from the UFC. I'm going to Pride now. Like Phil Barone, I remember him got cut from the UFC, went to Pride. He did well over there.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, and, and then, then the UFC bought him out. I remember I was like, so excited because I loved Pride. I thought for sure they were going to keep it going because they did well. I mean, they had like sixty thousand people in Saitama Super Arena, and yeah. you know. I, Hey, I'll keep it going. It's some revenue stream for them, but no, like they bought it just to kill it. So, yeah, UFC bought it. Stephen, then,
0: where stuff. where have we seen that before? It um, sounds like think, yeah. Vince McMahon buying out WCW. Uh, just yes, yes, exactly. Mm. Go ahead, Dan. Well, let let look, me ask you. You, you were talking about me the- that. Look, Dan.
1: Well no, I'm just thinking I was uh, wanted to circle back again to to kind of a, a comment you had made and and you, you talked about you had you had auditioned for the contender. How did you go about getting booked for the ultimate fighter? Was that uh, open tryouts? did you have to send in tapes? A- and kind of expand on that to someone
0: you
1: know how would somebody who's trying to break into the business get noticed the way you guys did?
2: Yeah, I thought, I heard about the show um at the jiu jitsu school and I thought they were talking about the contender cuz I told the guys, "Oh yeah, I I already tried out for that." They're like, "No, the ultimate fighters have a reality show." And um I remember going home online and seeing that they were and seeing the audition tapes were due. So, yeah, I put my fights on a tape and then uh and sent it in along with like just the like this, me holding the camera. up. "Hi, I'm Stephen Bonner from Uh, and blah 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 and that's it i sent that off and got a call a couple weeks later and that's all it took to get me out to castings week um in las vegas uh before i go though i gotta plug this show um i'm gonna be on next week yeah i gotta go teach at my gym but uh next week in uh town in texas um Wrestling Expo, August 28th and 29th, the Nitec Sports Center in Richland Hills, Texas. Jake the Snake's going to be there. Nick Atlas, Atlas, Jeff Cobb. I'm actually, I got a tag team match with uh, Chad Box for James Stratmore and Apex. So I definitely wanted to get that plug out. That's uh, next weekend, Independent Wrestling Expo down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Stefan. Stefan, listen, my friend, you are welcome back here anytime. I appreciate you. I know you have to run on us, but uh, take care, and we will. uh, We'll definitely have. We're definitely going to have you back. I know it. There you go. Here we go. Here he is. So yeah, I wanted to give you a holler real quick. Uh, I I thought you were. I thought you got in your car and left. (laughs) But I know that you have a. Just a limited time with us tonight. So, but I do want to thank you for being here. I'd love to have you come back and uh, maybe talk some wrestling with us next time out. Yeah, for, for sure. That.
2: I just got a class uh, at 6, about a half hour drive. So. Yeah, I'd right, love to friend. come back. Thanks for having me. And nice talking to you, Katie.
3: Thank you. Nice to meet you.
0: Yeah, she's a huge Bonner fan. Huge. <laughs>
1: Thanks, guys. Awesome. Take care, take, Steph. Take, take care. Karen. This was fun.
0: Stefan Bonner, everybody. One of the best. Absolutely. That was great. So I'll tell you what, he is a character. Yeah. I, you know what? And one of the things, and I and I meant it when I said, it, I really don't think that he got his just due initially, but to hear him explain. Just just that little nuance of it would not have had, and Dan, we talk about this all the time in wrestling, yep. it would not have had that same impact. That feel-good moment right. needed to happen. Like he said, it needed to happen.
1: Yeah, no, he, he, it's, it's that, that we've talked about it a lot on the show, that, that happy accident, you know, and, and sometimes... It works out he's absolutely right you know as much as i respect him as a fighter yeah. forrest griffin does have a bad reputation for not taking losses well and if he had had oh, that's the truth and if he had had you know the fact that you had these two guys they embraced it was like look you know we, we 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 literally were in here beating each other to death we're gonna do this you know that moment it almost i hate to use the comparison he talked about the contender with stallone like the, uh, the original the, the original Rocky wouldn't have worked if he had if he hadn't if he had won the first fight it, it, nope. it, the right. the story of him going the distance but not you know figuring it out what's important the,
0: being and the if that the happens loser, it's a whole different story
1: it, exactly and I think he's absolutely right and i that's I, I responded that I would never have thought yeah. that you if Forrest Griffin pouts or or looks even slightly disinterested you yeah. don't have that camaraderie and you might not have that moment.
0: Katie, chime in over here. What do you think, kid?
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, about the call. I think it was great. I mean, I I never thought I'd have a chance to even interact with him at all.
0: Oh, you're going to have but, many more opportunities to interact with him. I give you, I give you my word on that. Often, Ask Dan; yeah. he'll tell you. I know everybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's not too many really people. Cool. I don't.
3: Really cool. Okay. It's refreshing to hear that I I have some time left in the sport. You know, I don't have to tap out right now you know what I mean I can well no I mean
0: or... you know I'm looking at this photo behind you uh, of you and your, your uh, sensei and your karate gi now I've seen uh, in the interest of full disclosure I've seen a lot of stuff with you and your karate instructor and, you know, doing maneuvers um, uh, and I believe it's right above your head to the uh, over your Oh, wow. Right shoulder. Yeah. Um, oh, you t- oh here. Yeah, right. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one,
3: yeah.
0: Oh, this is Kyle. This
3: is the owner of the MMA and sport that I'm at. Oh. These are his um some of his students and his matches and
0: stuff. Oh, he's the owner.
3: Yeah, I thought he was like
0: your 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 trainer, your sensei. He is, he is.
3: He's oh. given me my you know, my stripes. He's he's the yeah. the coach, you know. He's now kind of taking me under his wing as far as um you know, getting me into the realm of things. Yeah. Bye, okay. guys. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, getting me into the realm of fighting and yeah. kind of being my um, guide, you know, uh, through all of this, because I didn't really know a lot about it other than. How
0: are you adjusting to the uh, ground tactic, the ground style of, uh, of wrestling?
3: I, I like it a lot. Um, it lets me use my strength, which I have, because um, some of these guys, I have a feeling that, like, you roll with them, but, they are technical, but they're not strong. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. I have the strength. So now I just need a technique. And if I can keep those two, you know, together, I have a really good chance at, you know, surviving on the ground and being able to. Well, you know,
0: in. it's interesting, Dan, you and I had this discussion before. Um, Katie brought up a really interesting point, technique and strength. Right. And sometimes technique versus strength. There's well, yeah. uh, and Katie I, I don't know how familiar you, you are with the, with technical wrestling or even pro wrestling but there's always been this I don't want to call it a, a thing cuz it's not a thing but there's always been this mindset we'll call it that the mindset that you're either technical or you're strong but <clears throat> you can't be both Right I think that's pretty well been disproven now yeah. But the old-school mentality is something that's hard to get rid of, especially with old-timers. And, oh, and there's that, a lot of old-timers in the world of wrestling and MMA. Go <laughs> um, <that>, <laughs> ahead, that, Dan.
1: Well, I was saying that goes to what um, the Bonner was talking about, Stephen Bonner was talking about with jujitsu. The The narrative yeah, exactly. actually goes when, when the Gracies helped found the UFC, Hoyce Gracie was picked to compete because he was the smallest brother. the the, the idea he 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 will he'll, he'll tell you he wasn't the best. They wanted to prove that jujitsu could beat anybody, and what better yeah. way to do that than with the yeah. smallest, scraggliest looking guy? Yep. Folding, I mean, Ken Shamrock being a, a mountain of muscle, and Hoist Gracie folded him in thirds. You know, you have yeah. got the, the this idea that that it works. Uh, I, speaking of which, I was hoping. Katie, you can well, kind of
0: tell you something it. about Kenny Shamrock. I know Kenny oh, Shamrock. never mind. I've <laughs> known Kenny a long time. What do you mean, never mind? You know, I'm going to bitch slap no, you. No,
1: it's okay. <laughs> I mean.
0: I am going to ground and pound your ass, boy. I'm going to tell you what. Okay, here's the funny. thing about Kenny Shamrock. <laughs> First of all, he could kick your ass, right? Oh, that's absolutely. One. But so could Katie, for that matter. <laughs> but here's the thing. Kenny Shamrock is 56 years old, okay? And he's a slab of muscle, okay? Right. Kenny is chiseled, and he's always been chiseled. And on top of that, he's got not only the strength, but he's got the technical skill Mm -hmm. to back it. That's what I was saying when we talked to Stefan earlier. Er, Initially, early on in his career, because Kenny was so jacked, he was blowing himself up because his muscles needed oxygen. They were sucking up oxygen. Yeah. It took him a good three, four years to learn how to adapt, yeah. to learn how to work with his muscle instead of against it. Right. That's the problem a lot of guys have. You even find it, Katie, you see it in bodybuilding. Yeah. You know, <laughs> especially with these these guys, there was a guy and I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but there was a guy way back in the day, his name was Dorian Yates. Yes, of
3: course I remember him.
0: Okay. Dorian's been around a long time. Very long time. long time. time. Yep. Um, Dorian is just he's a giant muscle with a head, okay? <laughs> I don't know how this guy walks without getting blown up. Okay, for real. Right. But for, were you laughing at me? For it's a funny but, narrative. It's true. It's also,
1: true. funny that you, that you thought there was a possibility anybody involved in bodybuilding wouldn't know who that is.
3: Right. <laughs> of course, he is much. He's older. He's definitely the older generation of you know. But but that's when it, bodybuilding, in my opinion, was good. good. It, it and it was a, really at its peak.
0: Right. There was another guy, uh, an, an old timer. His name was a Russian guy named Sergei Nuriev. No, oh, or Sergei. Sergei Nuriev. Yeah. This, yeah. this guy was pumped, pumped, please. He was the pump. Are you kidding me? <laughs> huge, <laughs> huge guy. Yes. He, he walked yes. like this. He couldn't put his arms down. Crazy. Like when your lat Crazy. spread is like naturally that big. Right, so you walk like this. That's just that's funky. Okay, I don't care who you are. That looks like fucking stupid. Okay, <laughs> just, that's kind, baby kind baby. of
3: yeah. It's where it's turned. Unfortunately, these guys think you know the bigger the better, but that's not what I imagine bodybuilding being. I'm yeah. just more of the old school aesthetic approach where. They have waistline. you know. They have fluidity to their physiques. It's mm-hmm. not like a a mutant, like you're looking at almost. Like he, it doesn't look real.
0: Well, you know, that's Katie, that's actually, you and I the other night. You, we talked about this. You and I spoke the yeah. other night about
1: right. I, and a, I was kind of
0: well, while while I got
1: Katie on, I was actually hoping yeah. you could something maybe get your thought on that the example i i used was was when schwarzenegger came back in 1980 and won his final mr mr olympia yeah. If you look at that that was i think the peak of his fitness if you look at yeah. that he, 1980 schwarzenegger wouldn't even place uh he anywhere oh, yeah. near the stage today
0: how about you that Katie?
1: i'm wondering what your thoughts are when you have your 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 schwarzenegger franku columbu people like that
0: who, who Columbus, were amazingly Columbus.
1: amazingly in shape but still looked I don't want to say for for lack of a better term because it sounds might sound horrible but still looked human versus these m- almost monster physiques people have today the bulk and you yeah. know where it just it, what is your thought on that where bodybuilding kind of got to the point where you can't look natural and and right. be anywhere near the, near the main stage anymore
3: Yeah um, I'd have to kind of pin it a little bit on the judges for continuing to reward people that are thank coming you. in like that. You know mm, what I'm Thank saying? you. So that's kind of why I've decided to maybe kind of, you know, come out of it for good. Um, I don't want to say like hundred percent now, but I- I'm came out of it for that reason because they keep let rewarding me go these. On record,
0: Katie, let me go on record and tell the world that Katie Lee is, and I wrote it down and I read it the other night right. Listen to this one, Daniel. <laughs> Katie Lee is, quote, the most aesthetically pleasing female bodybuilder in the world, unquote, and has the best peaks, whatever the hell peaks are. Okay. <laughs> but I said it sounded <laughs> dirty, but I don't want to see her peaks, okay? Right. <laughs> now, right. <laughs> having said that, Here's, an, here's the, the interesting comparison. We talked the other night. Katie and I had this conversation about just exactly, Dan, what you're talking about. We had a conversation about a woman named Colette Jumon is how you say her name. I was trying to figure out this woman's name all night long. was driving. <laughs> Colette Jumon. This woman, she's like, she's the male, she's the female version of these guys were talking about that can't put their arms down. Yeah. She looks like a a giant slab of meat. She doesn't look male or female. She looks gender neutral. God, and I'm sorry, Kate, but she does. She looks,
3: I know it is what it is, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's, it's funny. You actually touched on the judges. Um, the, the the turning point. What a lot of people in bodybuilding point at is Jay Cutler's first championship win, and yeah. Jay Cutler has yeah. since after since he's retired, he's gone on record as saying he yeah. feels bad that he's yep. you know that he was the catalyst for that. Yeah. And I, I think that's almost you know you hear stories about the, uh, Kalichnikov to, you know who regretted inventing the gun you know where you're literally the the defining moment of your career, and you look at it and go, damn, I wish I had done that differently. I'm yeah. wondering your your thoughts on on you know you, you is there a chance outside of of the, the the business itself telling the judges to back off where you know for for it to change or is it something that the, the bodybuilders themselves will never do?
3: You know, it's I I will blame it on the judges, and then I also want to kind of blame it on social media. I feel like it's glorified this thank you freakish you know like they you get more likes with you know, the more veins you have, you get more likes, you know, if you have shredded glutes and I'm like, okay, like I understand we're supposed to be lean, but there is criteria for each of our categories. There's criteria that these judges need to follow. And my category being a women's physique pro, we're not supposed to have striated glutes. We're not supposed to, we're supposed to be lean. We're supposed to have separation, but we're not supposed yeah. to have striations in our eyeballs. Like it's just, that's not criteria of our category. Right. So I do blame it on the judges for continuing to reward these, you know, freakishly, you know, shredded ladies. When you're like, okay, if you're doing female bodybuilding, I can understand. Like, they need shredded yeah. glutes, they need shredded everything. But we all know what's going on with female bodybuilders and why they are at that level. So that's fine. But it's you know, it's the judges and then Katie. The I have a on... question.
0: Yeah. Stop right there, and I and I want you to pick up right there because there, to, and I checked something out, and I was shocked to find out that there is no oversight committee right. and there's no right, oversight exactly. in yeah. female bodybuilding it's mm-hmm. like run rampant run amok
3: right there's there just was no... a guy
0: and you might remember him katie because he was probably around your generation your age um he, he rest in peace he's passed away now his name was richard piani
3: Piano. Rich, yeah yeah Rich, oh. do you
0: know do you know who he was
3: Five percent nutrition. You, it's a did you know? That he yeah.
0: In. Did you know him?
3: Yeah, I've met him at a couple expos. Um, and not personally, personally, but just through the sport. I. Know if him you
0: and ever met Rich Piani, would him. you please describe this man to someone who's never? And I'm uh, just going to keep my mouth shut.
3: He looks like a mutant. He has extremely large arms. He did like this whole segment. Multiple segments on how to build your arms because all guys like want big arms. So he literally would like eat a bunch of food in the gym, go pump out all these arm exercises, eat more meals in the gym, go pump more. Like, and he would be doing 36 sets of, of arms in like the matter of an hour or two, eating, lifting, eating. And you're just like, man, like you're taking it really far. But people liked that. Like, people liked that freakish, crazy looking approach. And he openly talked about gear. He never said, "Oh no, I don't do it." He's like, "Yeah, I absolutely do it. Here's my, you know, gear list. This is what I do." So at yeah. least he was honest about it. But I yeah. think, again, the the social media and him blowing up like that really get got these younger people that are coming up in the sport to say, "Oh, I have to be that. I have to look like that in order for me to be successful or popular or for the judges to, you know, place me." And it's like that should not be how it is. Like it should this be. Is aesthetics.
0: A- It's a sad, sad case, Katie, because Rich was a really good looking guy. A good looking, like almost like Hollywood kind of looks. A good looking guy. um, By all accounts, a really generous guy, a nice guy. But what he put into his body and what he just was, oh my God. The guy was, he had this company, Katie mentioned it a moment ago, called 5%. What people don't realize that what he was consuming, we now found out, was crystallized glass. I'm not making this up. I swear to you, I'm not. Crystallized glass. Don't ask me how or why, but it makes your muscles bigger. I can't figure it out. I don't get it. I don't want to get it, okay? It's just crazy. The things that people will do. There's another fella. I saw him last night, as a matter of fact. I, I, and I'm, I'm actually going to have him on the show. I'm gonna, I'm, I reached out to his manager last night. I'm going to have this guy on the show. His name is Greg Valentino. You know who I'm talking the, about, Katie? The, the, yeah.
1: That was the, the man curious. who's... They call him the man, the,
0: the who's man whose The man whose arms exploded, right? exploded. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs>
1: you, you know... You, you... I, I mentioned that's earlier. Cra- that's uh, crazy. I it's- mentioned earlier Jay Jay Cutler's regret. Uh, that Rich Valentino, he was in the that documentary uh, Faster, Stronger, Better. Yeah, and he was talking about the look, and he said, you know, he talked about himself, but he's like, you know. G- he was criticizing his fans basically like women don't want that. Women look at my arms and think, Ooh, that's gross. He's like, men are the ones that are coming up and high five at me and want to talk about <laughs> yeah. the gym. He's like, Put I'm not pulling any two, women Dan. down looking like this. He was like, this is disgusting. About, like, I can't stop and all that. But you know, he, he had a regret to his look too. Yeah. Yeah. It's intense.
3: It's risky, risky. And I just refuse to I wanna leave this industry with everything that I came with. You know, I, I yeah, really do. So exactly. and I refuse to take that route. And I wanted to show people that it was possible to do it, you know,
4: exactly with ex-
3: extremely little assistance. Like you really shouldn't again, you should already be in shape. You shouldn't need all these drugs to get yourself in shape. You should already be in shape because you like the lifestyle. You like the mindset, you like the challenge of the gym, you show up every day, you train every day, you do your cardio like you're supposed to. You're not just doing bodybuilding because you think it's a trend. And that's what I think happened is that a lot of people just thought it was this popular thing to do. So now everybody's a bodybuilder. And you're like, how are you a body, like what makes you a bodybuilder? You know what I'm saying? Like you eat like shit, you take a bunch of drugs. That's not a bodybuilder to me. Arnold was a bodybuilder and he Mm -hmm. lived it, breathed it. Like it was his life, sleep, morning, noon, night that's what bodybuilding was to me at least when i was growing up arnold, yeah. was, arnold was it you know he was the man and it's like i wish these younger guys coming up into it would kind of bring that look back you know what i'm saying like kind of go back in time a little bit to bring back the you know they're still separated they're still lean they're still extremely muscular right they just don't look freakish you know what i'm saying and arnold yeah. said like he did what was it? He did D ball and like one other one other drug. And that was like his only thing. Like he stuck to that. And that was it. And now you have all these guys doing. I oh got the list is so long. I can't even name it. But again, less is more. Less is more. They think more yeah. is more. But less is more. You see what I'm saying?
0: That's the problem. People don't, people don't understand. Less is more.
1: Yep. How many times <laughs> they, have we they, heard that on
0: the show? All, yeah, I know. <laughs> Everything. Uh, <life. laughs> who, who says that, Dan? Who's famous <laughs> right. for that? All the time. I mean, I'm always telling people less is more.
1: Yeah, especially yeah.
0: when it comes to Dan talking, less is well, more. I was about
1: to, just about to say that. <laughs> less, especially when it comes to. How no, many here's the I thing. Get a show.
0: But no, seriously though. But uh, but here's the thing. Katie brought up a really interesting point. You know, she's talking about putting the work in when Stefan was on. She talked about putting the work in, going to the gym. You don't go to the gym to hang out. To socialize, you don't go to the gym because it's the fashionable thing to do. You go to the gym to get sweaty and tired. That's why yeah. you go to the gym, okay? Take a selfie. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the other thing you don't go to the gym to do is to smoke a cigarette and shove oh, a wow. needle in your ass. And there's a douchebag that I'm gonna call her out right now that does that. And her name's Brandy May, and I don't like you, Brandy, whoever the hell you are. And I'm calling you out, okay? So if your idea of getting jacked up is sticking a needle in your ass, do it on somebody else's time and stop affecting the, uh, the youth of America because it's not cool.
4: Right, exactly. Um,
0: having said exactly. that, I'm getting off my soapbox now because, Daniel, you know that, You know what, boy? I'm going to say, boy, I'm going to say, say anything. You didn't have to. You gave me that eat shit and die look, okay? <laughs> I know that look. <laughs> Supposed to give it to me at least once a show. <laughs> so, what's next for Katie Lee? What's happening with you, kid?
1: Um,
3: hopefully, I'm doing some jujitsu tournaments here coming up. With all this craziness, is settled down and they're allowing things to open back up. Um, I'm really hoping I can get some competitions in before the end of the year. Maybe some muay thai too. Um, I had a charity boxing event that was supposed to happen in September that they ended up canceling, yeah. which actually got me into more of the martial arts side of things instead of just jujitsu. I'm like, oh, if I'm doing this boxing event, well, I want to win. I don't want to lose. So I just started training boxing, 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 and then Muay Thai. And yeah. it all kind of just fell into one another. But I'm hoping to hit some of those by the end of the year. Um, and then 2021, I don't know. Everybody wants me to do bodybuilding again. But truthfully, I just, I can't make that call right now. I'm going to see you how that
0: something, I got to tell deal. you something. You know, if you're in shape – you're going to have a level of muscularity anyway. You're a lifelong athlete. You're not right. going to lose that. Okay, maybe right. so you go from having 40-inch biceps down to 25-inch. Okay, so right. so you lose a little, okay?
3: but yeah. I think I've already lost weight it. here, just training. I mean, here doing martial arts, like six days a week now, it's like right. I've already lost 10 pounds. So I'm like, Jesus, I look like I'm 10 weeks out from a show. So if I wanted to do a show next year, I wouldn't really need to prep very long. I could just tighten it up, you know, and that's kind of a good place to be because I'm like, okay, I'm 10 weeks out. You know, I could do the show if I wanted to, but I can still train jujitsu. I can still train everything that I want to train and I don't have to diet. And that's really the major thing. I'm just
0: like, I'm so done to diet. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? There are some people that are just like that. They're, you know, we see it in wrestling all the time. People that are just genetically gifted, you know, God bless them. Um. Well, listen, when you're ready to do it, if and when that show happens, I'd like you to come back on and promote it and oh, and talk course, yeah. about it, and uh, I will, of course, be in touch with you because we're buds now. Yes. <laughs> cool. Thank you. And you know, anytime, anytime. Listen, you got a platform here. Uh, Dan, so we're going to say goodbye. Anything you want to ask her before we uh, let her go?
1: Um, no, I mean, it was a great talk, and, and I know, like Angelo said, we'll definitely have you back and... and... Perfect. As as your as your career moves forward, we'll definitely have more more questions and more stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah, I have to have her back anyway because I promised her uh, two things. I promised Katie, I promised her Stefan Bonner, and I promised her Dan to be Severn. And I've been I I spoke to Dan Severn, and I actually spoke to him, and I didn't go through an agent. I called him up on the phone. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Shut, Dan. You better.
1: No, shoot. no, that's a funny story. I'm not laughing at you, <laughs> laughing with you. Katie, I want you
0: to know when I have to go every week with this guy. Every week. <laughs> this is every we week, okay?
3: Like a married couple.
0: <laughs> every week, he tortures me, this guy. Torments me all the time. Anyway, so Dan the B7 will be here in about three weeks. So. I am going to let you go. Katie Lee, thank you so much for joining thank us. Um, keep in touch. Uh, we're, uh, we're fam now, okay? Yes,
3: we are. You got All my right. info. Just reach out. Thank you for your time, too. Thank
0: You've you Thank got Take care. Katie Lee, everybody. All right, Dan. We are supposed to have Pat Miletic is uh, supposed to have called uh, 20 minutes ago. But he has, as of yet, not called. So, I have to look at your face for (laughs) a Anyway, actually, this will give us a chance to catch up. Apparently, apparently, um, some interesting developments in wrestling. Word has it that Renee Young, Mm -hmm. uh, her contract is up and she is, not renewing and she is leaving WWE for yes. pastures yet unknown. So say some people, yep. other people say she knows exactly where she's going. Um, and evidently she may either be headed to the, the heavy money says ESPN.
1: Yeah. I mean, she it is, And you saw that with talking smack and some of the backstage segments she did. Yeah. She's phenomenal wrestling aside. She's a phenomenal television talent when it comes to the presenting okay. and questions. Sure. And I know, obviously, there's there's stories of her going to a, linking, linked with AEW, where her husband is, which I think would be a huge win for them because their interview backstage stuff sucks. And she'd completely breathe new life in. But I think, especially now with ESPN in the process of rebranding, I think having a strong female lead for a show would be a brilliant move on their part.
0: Well, and the other thing, and I think, boy, I would love to, i tell you what, you know, I'm, there's not too much I'm split on when it comes to wrestling, because we know it, it's hit or miss with wrestling anyway, right. but I am split on certain talents, because there are certain individuals who do lend by their presence alone, who do lend credibility and credence to... The genre. Renee's one of those people. She she approaches an interview like an interview, right? Like like we do. Yeah. Not just just somebody going, oh well, what are you doing tonight? You know, and, and what are you doing tonight? And, and oh, and how are you tonight? You
1: know. Yeah. She she definitely, for lack of a better description, she presents it as a real interview you you genuinely believe that she's but asking questions she that
0: came the, from that right. field though you
1: you 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 believe that the person she's talking to has never heard these questions before exactly. and she's and she has unlike the the, the 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 you know the the big titted boppers that that wrestling loves packing in the back now she does follow-ups and she she definitely goes after them. it reminds me a lot of like a Gene Okerlund where she follows up and you get that feeling of, this is like a, a real interview, not just like you said, you know, Oh, you just, you just won the title. Tell me how you feel. Yeah. And then they, they cut a promo and the camera pans away. You don't even know the person's holding a microphone. Like, you know, I, I, yeah. I think she, whatever she wants to do, I know she'll be good at it. That's for darn sure.
0: Oh, absolutely. No question about that. She's a pro. She's a consummate pro. Um, and she does come from the world of television. We should point out that she does not come from the wrestling world. She comes from the world of television, journalism, correct, uh, and news, and uh, and she's very good at it. And it shows. I think the fact that she has uh, a um, a very, you know, at home, down home, familial feel. Is, is a super A-plus for her. It's right. also a super A-plus for whoever gets a hold of her because they're going to have a winner. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. The only problem I see with her going to AEW is it's a wrestling company. And wrestling companies will do what they always do to personalities. They will tie your hands to a certain extent, to a large yeah. extent, in fact. And you'll be constricted to the routine, you know, and you know what the routine is. Yeah,
1: I I, you know? I worry too. Seeing the involvement Brandy Rhodes has had as one of the main television, like time on television, I I also worry that she goes to AEW. She ends up as an on-screen character that that detracts that, from her ability exactly, to do backstage yeah.
0: stuff. Dan, and that's exactly you. You actually pinpointed. Exactly what my fear is that she will become a character and and I don't want to see her as a character. I want to see her as a legitimate, bona fide journalist in some regard. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if if the heavy money wins out, uh, and like I said, the heavy money has her going to uh, ESPN, if in fact she does. Kudos. Win-win for everybody. It's a win all around. It's a win for wrestling. It's a win for ESPN. It's a win for her career and her husband. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a win for her bank account.
1: Huge. Very much so. Yeah, I guarantee she'll she'll make more money at ESPN than she would at AEW.
0: Yeah, and, and don't forget, let's also remember, let's also remember, see, history... Sometimes, you know, the benefits of youth don't always serve you because people will tell you that, oh, if she if she leaves WWE, uh, she'll be forgotten. Nobody will remember who she is and blah, blah, blah. Here's see. That's the the benefits of youth is that. Well, let's talk about before I tell you about the benefits of youth, let's talk about. The misgivings of youth, okay? You're not smart enough to see ahead. That's the first thing. Number two, you haven't learned from history because you're not old enough to know history. That's number two. But the third most important thing is understanding the dynamics of the wrestling business and its octopus-like tentacles,
4: Mm
0: -hmm. especially WWE. They've got their hands in ESPN. They've got their hands in every promotion, uh, uh, prob- except for AEW. And and there are some people who say that they may have their hands in that too that nobody knows about. You know, the conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, uh, have had a look. Let's blame Vince Russo for that one. Just let's right. just go ahead and do it because he's already put it out there. You know. Yep. So. But anyway, no, I think it it's a win win no matter no matter what. I really do. I really think it's it's going to be it's going to benefit everybody. Oh yeah. But I, and and uh, and I think that you know you know she she worked hard to to get where she's going. Um, to, you know the sky's the limit for this woman. It really oh, yeah. is. So, uh, what else we have going on? Oh, speaking you, you mentioned a moment ago, cut a promo. Speaking of cut a promo, how's Jason doing?
1: He's good. I actually, uh, he was, I saw him today. Um, you good. know, he, he, we wish him the best in, in their recovery there. He plan is to be back next week. So, uh, cause I will be off next week. So, um, you know, we, we keep the family together. And everything looks like it's working out.
0: Okay. Terrific. You know, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, um, it's been a while since we had a cut a promo episode and, uh, given the fact that Jason has things to to deal with right now and that's his private stuff. We're not ever going to go into that. Um, but we will resume with cut a promo, which has become a popular addition to the, uh, to the wrestling with the future lineup. Um, so you're on vacay starting Correct. next week, but we got some exciting stuff coming up, brother. We got a good one. I don't know if I mentioned this to you cause you weren't here the last time, but we got a super September starting out. Incredible September. We've got, I'll tell you who's coming here. We got, oh man, the first week of September is going to be crazy.
1: Oh, is that, that's the big one. September 1st. I made sure to come back just in time for that.
0: Wait, the first and the third. Oh, mm. You don't know about the third yet. I do not. Well, I'm going to tell you who we got. Okay. Here's what we got going on. September 1st, of course. We've talked about it. Um, we've got the return of Vince Russo. He'll be here. And he will be joined by not only the Happy happy haberdasher Dan the Man, not only by the incomparable Angelo (laughs) DeSipion, but he'll also be joined by Stephen Plim. Who, you ask? Who is Stephen Plim? Stephen Plim was the best friend and manager of the legendary ukulele playing entertainer, Tiny Tim. Tiptoe through the tulips. That Tiny Tim. And he will be here, and we have a four-part show scheduled with Stephen Plim. He will discuss his relationship with Tiny Tim, how they met. He will talk about his life in Hollywood and the uh, uh, m- m- members of the Hollywood A-list, the elite, that he uh, had the pleasure of representing as a manager, and agent, um, 40 plus years in the entertainment business, he's got a treasure chest of stories, and we will probably hear most, if not all of them, in a four-part episode. That said, on September the 3rd, this is a big one. Famed mafia author, George Anastasia, will be here, and he will talk about life in the mob and we will talk about everyone from uh oh lordy from al capone to nicky scarfo to john Gotti to uh
1: now now as a uh and you know angelo you're in the same boat you know as an italian growing grew up in new jersey i i he's not gonna have much to talk about the mob is a
0: myth i know well i want to see if george can shed some light on it i you know I'm just telling you what I've heard, okay? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling you. I don't know for sure. I'm just telling you. Right. Anyway, but here's the, he is the author of some 30 plus books uh, on organized crime and, the, and other, other uh, uh, subject as well. George Anastasia is a former Philadelphia Inquirer, former Daily News, I believe Daily News, am I right on that? No, Phil, former Philadelphia Inquirer uh editor and reporter uh he's been with that paper for a very long time he has left the paper he is now with uh I believe Simon and Schuster publishers or we'll find out I hope I I have that right um but George will be here to talk about uh so talking about everyone from John Gotti to uh to uh, um oh, what's his name uh, Michael Franchise is another guy we'll talk about. Um, John Elite uh and uh and a, a, a host of other famous and, and or infamous mafia characters, you know, or I should say alleged right. alleged mafia characters or alleged organized crime where there's they tell me there's no such thing as the mafia. Yeah, so myth. we I have to you. say organized crime for the record, but that will be an interesting show. That one will definitely have a, a legal and age disclaimer on it for right. certain. That one will have a disclaimer. Now, uh, you and I talked today, Dan, in the interest of full disclosure, we've got some other shows coming up that require disclaimers. So tell everybody what we're doing.
1: Well, um, I know you, you mentioned on this, uh, this interview here that we've got dan Severn and uh you also uh obviously you you have plans to bring Stephen bonner and uh katie lee back and give me a second i got my notes here
0: you're getting as bad as me brother
1: <laughs> hey you know well i mean we you book you book a, a lot at the same time um we did talk about look
0: when it rains it pours poor...
1: <laughs> right there there will be uh in in the, the current environment that we're in, we we plan on having a show focusing on free speech and the evolution of what society, the social media yeah. is dubbed cancel culture.
0: On social media.
1: On social media, very we're much so. We're calling
0: this episode on social media. And for the record, just so everybody knows, my Facebook page is inactive. I am not using it. I am going to strictly through the wrestling with the future page. I have not closed out my page. It's still there. It's still visible, but you will not see any posts from me. I won't be using that page, but I need to keep it open because my family regards, uh, re, re uh, regards, listen to me. They rely <laughs> upon me for their slot of mania points. So <laughs> stop laughing. No, no, it, it's. So funny. I have I, to keep it open so I, I have access to my slot
1: <laughs> How I remember this shit? I, I was I was in the Navy when I signed up for Facebook because everybody was phasing out of MySpace, and
0: MySpace. I,
1: oh, I my knew God. I I must have known a dozen or so people on the ship that got into facebook just because people needed them for for points or this ninja game we were playing or farmville or whatever the other one was like you know i don't even, i'm not going to use it i don't care just get log on every day and send me a tractor you know
0: that's funny farmville oh my god i remember that. that's that's crazy well dan we uh we did a great show tonight
1: it was there's was a An lot of fun.
0: hour and a half straight up that's beautiful well, you can catch us next week. Our guest next week will be who we got next week. I don't even know who the hell do we got. <laughs> did I forget already? I put that fast. I put my calendar Man. away. Are you kidding me? I did. I put my freaking. I can't believe I did that. It's silence. I cannot right believe I did that. Summergun. Oh. I remember. Okay. Um, It looks like it's going to be. uh, Let me see. And I just wrote this down. Oh, Daniel Lowe, the guy that was supposed to be here to talk about Jesse James. I knew I had something else to tell you. Son of We. Those of you who tuned in looking for Daniel Lowe. And did not find him. Well, there's why. It wasn't available. They discovered a, a lost city somewhere. And that's all I know. I don't know if they found Atlantis. Um, or some place that uh, Copernicus or Copernicus uh, talked about in the uh, Odyssey. Or may, they, they may have found Homer himself. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Dan, the man, can, can better... T- why are you looking at me? Look, you know I don't know anything about Greek mythology. Okay. Hey, you know, <laughs> you. It was a guy, though, right? Copernicus. Copernicus
1: Yes. Yeah. Right? But Copernicus. Copernicus wasn't, wasn't Greek, though. Ho, Ho, Homer wrote the Iliad. You're you're.
0: Oh, wait, the, okay. Wait a minute. Now there was the Iliad, and there was one called the the Odyssey. The Odyssey. Yeah. Now who wrote that? was that like a book or was that like yeah? A they, they
1: were the, they were the parts of the same story i i think w- what you were thinking about was um i believe it was plato that wrote about atlantis he he described it as being as big as
0: plato yes 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 yeah plato well, the father it, of the modern um the father of modern medicine yes plato
1: because that's that's where some of the I don't want to say debate or argument comes from, is he described it as as big as what 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 was coastal Turkey and Greece. And people thought what he meant was in between Turkey and Greece. So that's why there's a lot of theory about land yeah. in the Mediterranean.
0: True. They said that there was a place off the Isle of Crete called, uh, if I remember the name of it, uh, you probably remember, it was a small. Moon shaped island.
1: Mm-hmm. It didn't um, used to be moon shaped. What was it called? I said. I said it didn't used to be moon shaped. You're talking about the the sunken city.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one.
1: Yeah, that's. i I'm, I I butcher it, but yeah. I, I, know I don't that.
0: know nothing about it. <laughs> you know what, Dan? This is a good place to go home. <laughs> Let's call it home. Let's go home. Dan, Sounds good to me. Have a good one, brother.
1: You too, Angelo. For
0: Dan, the man Sebastiano, for Wrestling with the Future, I am Angelo Decipio. Take care. Happy wrestling, everybody. We'll see you next time. bye